Welcome to Subscribing to Wellness, the show where Rachel Newman and myself, Daniel Fairman, sit down with leading founders, executives, and investors committed to building a healthier future for consumers. Today on Subscribing to Wellness, we are joined by Matt Zarnecki, the CEO and founder of Verb Energy. Matt is a leader on the clean energy revolution forefront. He started Verb Energy during his undergraduate years at Yale after concluding during some late nights in the library that an on-the-go, affordable, healthy, clean energy, and jitter-free product wasn't readily available. As an alternative to often expensive and high sugar coffee products, Matt and a few fellow students began developing what is known today as the Verb Bar. Verb Bars come in over 10 exciting flavors, including cookie butter, vanilla latte, coconut chai, double chocolate, and more. Each bar is made exclusively with gluten-free and vegan ingredients, packed with jitter-free green tea, only 90 calories, and small enough to stash in your pocket. I'd like to welcome Matt Zarnecki to Subscribing to Wellness. Thanks for joining us today. Of course. Happy to be here. We're pumped to have you. I've been a huge fan of Verb for a long time. I can relate to you. I was a Yale undergrad once upon a time. I lived in Bass till 2 a.m. for many, many nights of my uh, my four years at Yale. And I similarly can relate to the fact that there really wasn't a great energy option. I think in those days I was hitting like five-hour energy, which is Kind of sad looking back on it, but necessary at the time, you know, cranking out issues approach to biology problem sets. Only you'll understand that. But anyways, we're we're super excited to have you on. We think the space has really evolved. We're definitely excited to talk to you a little bit about, you know, what's really happening within this energy space and wanted to give you the chance to introduce yourself and, and talk a bit about how this idea came about for our listeners. Yeah, absolutely. So again, so excited to be here. Happy to talk about Verb and its inception. So I went to Yale with really no idea of what I wanted to do after college. In my freshman year, my younger brother and I started working on a little venture together where we put a drone up in the sky to take aerial videos of luxury homes for real estate agents. And in that time, I sort of fell in love with the process of creating something out of nothing. So in my sophomore year of college, I started this entrepreneurial incubator on our campus, and we had a pitch day at the end of that first semester. And so a couple of weeks before that pitch day, I was studying for an exam in Bass, just like you, and went to a coffee shop to grab a coffee and a granola bar to keep me energized during my exam prep. And I looked at my receipt and realized I'd spent almost $7 for an energy fix and thought to myself, hey, what if there were something more convenient and less expensive that I could rely on for energy? And so on top of this, I had always been super into health and nutrition. I was paleo when I was 15 years old. So I got really excited about the concept, pitched it to the club, and Andre and Bennett, Reverb's two co-founders, joined me and we, we got to work. So that was really the inception moment. One thing that's super interesting is just, you know, how young you are and accomplished you are at such a young age for an entrepreneur. What have been, I think, since then, the inception, some of the the biggest learning curves that you've faced as someone who went right into starting your own business? I would say there are a lot of learning curves and it has been an absolute roller coaster ride. So to give you maybe a little bit more context like of what that journey looked like in undergrad. So after first making and selling bars out of college kitchens and local bakeries, we eventually launched the first iteration of Verb in April of 2017. And while we initially saw some traction among college students, that really eventually faltered and we watched our sales drop to basically nothing. So at that point in time, huge learning was like 
talk to your early adopters who are actually using the product, interested in the product. And so we got on the phone with this very small segment of customers that had emerged towards the end of that early sales period and found that those customers were older, had more disposable income. And we decided to learn about what they liked and didn't like about that first iteration of the Verb product. And so I would think about this customer as a busy, driven, health-conscious millennial woman versus maybe the college student that we had initially sold to. And so we rebuilt the Verb brand with that cut, like with hyper-focus towards that customer in mind. And so that was a huge learning for us just to be super, you know, customer-driven from the early days and be able to iterate really quickly. And so we literally decided to rebuild the brand from the ground up. We stopped what we were doing and said, hey, let's rebuild our product line. Let's rebuild the brand around this concept of what we called human energy. And let's build this text-based reordering platform so all of our customers could just text us to place any orders. And so during that sort of iterative phase, had a very fortuitous moment where I met the founder of a billion-dollar German venture fund who wrote Verb a $250,000 check after a 15-minute meeting. He told me that I reminded him of Mark Zuckerberg. So it was like totally hilarious. We honestly got really lucky, but that capital enabled us to go full-time on the venture after graduating. And there have been I mean, so many learning since then. We've had to, you know, part ways with team members. That's been like super challenging and a big growth moment for us as founders. We've learned how to run like a lean, effective organization. We've learned how to work with a board effectively. We've learned how to grow and build a subscription business with really strong sort of LTV to CAC dynamics. I could go on and on. There are a million learnings there for sure. I love all of that. I mean, it's, It is crazy how young you are and how successful the company is, but everything does happen for a reason. And I truly believe that. What made you choose a bar format as opposed to leaning into something else if the impetus was really around the energy space? Yeah. So since really that inception of like the second iteration of the Verb brand, we decided to anchor our product ethos under three pillars. And those three pillars were delicious taste, energy that works and convenience. And so we decided to launch a 90 calorie bar as our first product because of its uncanny convenience. So our customers can keep verb bars. They do keep verb bars in their diaper bags, purses, cars, or briefcases for energy on the go, sort of wherever they are, whenever. We know that the bar category is competitive, but it has been competitive for dozens of years. And we continue to see brands in this category emerge, grow very quickly and become really just mainstream players. Can you tell our listeners that necessarily aren't familiar with the verb bars, just like what they should feel after they consume one or that feeling of energy caffeine that they get from having one of these bars? Yeah, absolutely. So a verb bar has 90 calories and as much caffeine as an espresso, which is about 65 milligrams. But the energy in a verb bar comes from organic green tea. Alongside the green tea, we put in a series of super simple clean ingredients like almond butter, quinoa, rolled oats. And so you get just a way more balanced energy effect than you would from drinking a coffee or chugging an espresso or an energy drink or a shot. I think it's interesting, like within the space you have such diversity to Rachel's point, like whether it's in a bar format or liquid format, I I like super coffee quite a bit. I find it, you know, convenient that there's no preparation. I I personally love mud water, despite the fact that there is a bit of preparation, but what I found with Verve and and especially because it's shelf stable is just that it's, it's probably the most convenient format, just in that there is no preparation. And on top of that, 
I can take it to the gym and enjoy it whenever I want. It doesn't need to be refrigerated. And so for that reason, I've, I've been a huge fan. Could you talk a little bit about the flavors that you guys have launched recently and how you landed on some of these flavors that I find are quite unique compared to conventional bars? Yeah, absolutely. So we are very lucky to have one of Boston's former best chefs on our team. His name is Chef Matt. He used to be sous chef at an amazing restaurant in Boston called Craigie on Main. Grew up in the restaurant industry, had spent, you know, seven or eight years in the restaurant space before taking a leap of faith initially to join Verb as a consultant and then become full-time. And at Verb, Matt is maniacally focused on making delicious products. And so we take a super customer-driven approach to new product innovation where Matt will do a lot of sort of initial concepting on his end and say like, hey, I think a chocolate chip banana bread flavor could be a super interesting flavor. I did a little competitive analysis, don't really see any other players in the space that have done something like this. And then we'll run a survey among some of our loyalist customers and even sometimes our non-loyalist customers to gauge their general reactions to that concept, often layered against other concepts that we're working on. And when we find a winner, given that we just have so many customers by now who can give us great you know, data, both in quantitative and qualitative formats, Matt will go back to his kitchen and spend, you know, a few weeks working on iterating that product to perfection. And, you know, over the last three years, we've learned so much both from how to take a product from kitchen to actual scale to, you know, how to perfect shelf life and texture and like mouthfeel, et cetera. And so I think we've really gotten a lot better at flavor innovation. And now at this point in time, we're able to you know, if we wanted to, we, we could launch a new flavor or sort of like mashup flavor, whatever you want to call it, you know, every month or so, because we've gotten on such a sort of rapid cadence of innovation. So, yeah. so we got to ask you, what's your favorite flavor? <laughs> this is honestly not like a, a conventional answer. My favorite flavor is peppermint mocha. I think it just delivers the perfect, rich, chocolatey taste with just a hint of mint. But our Fan favorites are generally chocolate chip banana bread, cookie butter, and chocolate peanut butter cup, which is a limited edition flavor that we're selling right now. I'm a big blueberry crisp and cookie butter fan. It is. I've been rocking cookie butter for quite a while. It's my favorite. (laughs) But I think, no, I think it's awesome because it's just, you think about the bar space being so competitive. You have that differentiator, of course, that, that you guys are focused on energy, which not that many bars are focused on. Most are focused on protein, right? But Then on top of that, I think the flavor innovation has just been generally super, super impressive. And just to go back a little bit to the industry, I think Rachel and I can agree like for, and and I think you'll also attest to this, there just weren't that many options for such a long time in terms of clean energy products. I think we're focused on maybe five hour energy and then Red Bull, of course. And why do you think it's taken such a long time to really start seeing such innovation in this space in particular? To be honest, I don't have a perfect answer for you. I think that's honestly why we're here today. When we were college students and we looked at this market and opportunity, we we actually just saw a huge opportunity in that there had not been a better for you brand that had been a huge winner in the energy space. And so as I was kind of alluding to before we started this conversation, we have seen, you know, brands like Halo Top and RX Bar and Skinny Pop win in that better for you space across other categories. And we felt there was a huge opportunity for 
uh, a sort of billion dollar energy brand to be created that was really built for the modern consumer. And on top of that, we really don't expect this to be a winner take all market. There are multiple major players in the market right now. There are other emerging players like Super Coffee in this energy space that we think could see a lot of success as well. But if you think, you know, 20, 30 years from now, whether Red Bull, Monster and Five Hour are going to be the major players in the space. I would, I would really advocate for for that not being the case. I agree. You know, the general health and wellness mega trend is just, of course, like offered a lot of opportunity across a lot of segments in terms of driving healthier innovation. And you know, a lot of entrepreneurs are are skilled enough with their brand building and and product development abilities to to be able to do it better than some of the bigger strategics we've seen doing it in the past. So, so couldn't agree more. I want to change the subject. Let's talk EDM. First of all, favorite three EDM house artists. Okay, so I'm actually a huge EDM fan. I was Me too. going to go to an EDM concert right at the beginning of COVID and thankfully decided against it. But my favorite artists are, you know, my favorite artist in the world is Elenium. He just released a new album. Oh, yeah. All in Embers. It's awesome. On top of that, really like Odessa and Porter Robinson. But yeah, my roommates all make fun of me for being a huge Elenium fan. It's my birthday in October. I really want to go out to an Elenium concert out at Red Rocks Amphitheater in Denver because it's right around my birthday. <laughs> but I've always just been a huge EDM guy. Yeah, I, I like Elenium. A little nicher, but love Elenium. I have these like group of artists who like aren't that big that I really like, like a Seagala or something like that. Mm. But then I have like my classics, which I always will go back to, which would be like Galantis, David Guetta, Calvin Harris, and then maybe Kaigo and Avicii got thrown in there because they're kind of the kings. It's fun to find new artists, man. There's always new artists that are popping up and it, it's just such a fun space within the music industry. A hundred percent. There's there's actually a two hour Kygo remix on SoundCloud that I used to listen to before every one of my exams while at Yale. I think I've listened to it probably over a hundred times. I'll make sure to send it to you after the show. Yeah, right. we, we gotta right. maybe we'll make it our theme song. <laughs> yeah, we need like a like a pump up pre podcast like hype song, Rachel. Let me get yeah. on like get on, the like, headphones on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Four That's minutes before great. each podcast, just jamming. <laughs> with verb energy bars exactly or edm which we should actually talk about the real thing now what gave you the inspiration to launch energy drink mix and tell our listeners a bit about the product yeah absolutely so we just launched our second product which is verb energizing drink mix edm for short we actually did not plan that i promise we had like literally landed on the name and two weeks later we were like wait that's actually EDM. Let's roll with it. And then we, our whole team just has started calling it EDM. Our customers call it EDM. It's amazing. Um, but anyways, EDM or energizing drink mix is a drink mix, AKA a powder that's complete with 65 milligrams of caffeine from organic green tea, L-theanine, five grams of collagen, B vitamins, super simple ingredients like real fruit powders, zero grams of added sugar, only 30 to 40 calories. Uh, and you just pour it into a glass, add water, stir, add some ice for a delicious energy fix anytime, anywhere. Super exciting stuff. I'm excited to try it. I, uh, I did try one of your competitors, like hydrant drop something a bit similar that I wanted to try. So I did try that, but I'm also going to get, get an order in, in my uh, queue for, for EDM as well. Another question for you, just related to the different functions that that some of these companies are going for that may classically be energy companies, but then may lean into sleep. 
or hydration or, or other kind of functional benefits that consumers are looking for. Is there a day where Verb is more than an energy company and starts leaning into bars that maybe help me sleep better or, or perform other functions better? Verb will always be an energy company, but we fundamentally believe that there's more to energy than caffeine. Internally, we really have identified several pillars that we believe empower people to live healthy and fulfilled lives. Those include the food and nutrition they consume exercise, meditation and wellness, healthy sleep habits, and even strong relationships with other humans. We feel that all those are important in order to live a fulfilled and vibrant life. So we at Verb really view ourselves as a holistic energy brand and thus expect to launch products beyond caffeine-centric options in the future. We are really doing a deep dive into innovation right now. So we conducted, we've conducted a series of workshops over the last six months have identified 10 product concepts that we're really excited about and are in the process of doing some deep qualitative and quantitative customer research right now on those concepts. As of right now, we have not landed on our next product launch yet, but we expect to launch two to three new products or line extensions in 2022. Let's chat a little bit about SMS marketing. It seems to be at like the forefront of your marketing strategy. It's an area that I think emerging CPG brands are starting to give a lot of attention to, especially as kind of targeted digital is becoming a, a bit more challenging to manage. Why have you been so deliberate about really getting into text message marketing and customer acquisition so early on? So going back to a couple of things I said earlier in the podcast at Verb, you know, when we decided to embark on that Verb 2.0 journey after the first iteration of the company had not been successful. We really built the brand around this idea of human energy. And so we say, you know, we believe in human, human energy. Let's try to communicate that across everything that we do. Where do you see that? Well, you can look at our packaging. Every flavor has hand-drawn strokes that are completely unique to that flavor. On top of that, the way we talk to customers is also in support of that mission of delivering human energy and really ladders up to our business North Star of energizing humans everywhere. So for us, SMS is a channel to really connect with customers on a personal basis, but also a way to build relationships and long-term trust. In, in our minds, every new customer is an opportunity to build a relationship. As an example, this month is Verb Appreciation Month. We do it every July. And whenever a customer places an order this month, they get a sort of thank you text from me that's personalized and expresses, yeah, just sincere gratitude for their being a customer of Verb. And we have gotten literally hundreds of the most incredible responses from our customers that are like paragraphs long talking about their connection to the brand, what it means to them all exclusively over text. And so for us, yeah, SMS is first and foremost, a relationship building channel from a business perspective. And, and as I look to, you know, speak with other brands, advise them on SMS, et cetera, um, it absolutely can help drive higher lifetime value and stronger retention. We're a subscription driven business. SMS has been absolutely crucial to, you know, extremely strong cohorts that perform really, really well over the long run. Where I caution founders is against using SMS as a sort of pure play marketing channel, spamming customers in boxes because it doesn't work and it won't work long-term. I mean, it might work in the short-term. It might drive high ROI, but I don't think it's a way to build relationships with customers. And I don't think it's a way to guarantee long-term success for a brand. Such a great answer. I think 
especially if you're targeting millennials, this is the way that millennials and Gen Zs are communicating for the most part. And to your point, though, they do want authenticity. So if brands are just going to use it as a spamming resource, then it's probably not going to drive great customer acquisition ROIs. So in that regard, in terms of building relationships, we know how important that is, especially in this space. And you've learned to handle investors and fundraising with confidence and poise at a very young age. What advice do you have for aspiring entrepreneurs who are starting their first seed round? My number one piece of advice to founders is to get some traction. So when we were just starting out, I pitched over 100 VCs and angel investors back in the summer of 2017 and failed almost every single time. There were a few circumstances where I convinced an angel investor like Scott Belsky, who's the founder of Behance, to invest off of a cold email. Those were few and far between. I spent way too much time in those early days of Verb trying to fundraise when I should have just been on the ground trying to get traction. So I really would recommend getting traction early and then going out to fundraise because once we had fundamentals and some growth and some traction, we found ourselves in a place where investors were coming to us looking to close deals and it wasn't the other way around. I mean, I couldn't agree more. It's like you're finding that balance of going to kind of institutional investors too early, but at the same time, needing some really, really early capital to kind of get yourself off the ground and I mean, that's where I guess you're you're trying to kind of uh, intermix with friends and family just to get like that bare, bare capital that you need, but then also trying to be patient before you go into a, into a legitimate round with, with institutional investors too early. All right. A few random questions for you. What's your favorite movie? Shawshank Redemption. Love yes. It. Oh, random question I wanted to ask. Have you guys both seen Forrest Gump? Yes. Yes, but a very long time ago. Okay, all I'm going to say is I was with like three people the other day and that that question was randomly brought up because they like didn't recognize some like very obvious quote that someone said coming out of that movie and all three of them like hadn't seen it and I was just giving them such a hard time but like everyone's seen Forrest Gump, right? Like everyone has seen that movie. Yeah, that's I, like I, a all-time classic. Exactly. Okay, so I'm not crazy for like giving them a hard time. They're like, "What do you mean? Like not everyone's seen Forrest Gump." I was like, "Yes, everyone's seen Forrest Gump." Favorite place that you've ever traveled to? This is a funky answer, but my favorite place is the Continental Shelf, which is about 120 miles off the coast of New England in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. I do wow. offshore fishing there. <laughs> Very cool. And so I was going to ask next, what are your hobbies outside of Verb, your main hobbies? Great question. I'm sort of competitive recreate is probably how I would describe it. So certainly no Olympian, but love to run, go on long bike rides and am very competitive against myself and my friends. On top Favorite. of that, absolutely love to cook. And yeah, as I mentioned, I'm a very passionate offshore fisherman. Favorite food. Don't say verb bar, of course, though. Avocados. There you yeah. go. But I, I just can't live without them. <laughs> yeah. I eat avocado like every day, I feel. We like to ask all of our guess what it means to them to subscribe to wellness. So what new or old habits are part of your daily routine that enable you to live a healthy life while managing a demanding role at Verb? Sure. My personal energy can vary dramatically on a daily basis, largely due to some blood sugar issues. I need to be very, very careful about what I eat and what I do. So there are a lot of things actually that are crucial for me to, yeah, just living a sort of healthy life. 
One of those is a high fat breakfast. So as I mentioned, every morning I'm making avocado toast on whole wheat bread with at least one full avocado. Second one is a massive salad for lunch. On top of that, you know, every morning go for a morning walk and we'll try to meditate for at least 10 or 15 minutes. And then, you know, Emma, as I mentioned, very competitive athlete and yeah, that sort of daily or nearly daily workout often a long run or a bike ride is so important to just making sure I'm happy and feeling like myself. Great answer. Awesome. Thanks a lot for joining us, Matt. Could you just give our listeners a little insight on where they can go to learn more about Verb? Sure. Yeah. Check us out. Verbenergy.co. That's C-O, not C-O-M, but verbenergy.com actually would work too. (laughs) And then you could just check us out on Instagram at Verb Energy. Awesome. Have a great week. We appreciate the time and, and thanks again. Thank you for having me. Thanks everyone for listening to today's episode. If you'd like to order some Verb bars or their newest energy drink mix, use our custom promo code SUB2VERB. That's S-U-B-T-O-V-E-R-B, SUB2VERB. Feel free to rate, review, and share the podcast. And of course, don't forget to subscribe to Wellness. If you'd like to sponsor us, please see the supporter link in our podcast bio. We hope everyone has a great rest of the week filled with wellness, and we'll see you next time.